Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined Lauren and Daniel as together we restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy mixed-up world. And one of the craziest things that happens today every year is Black Friday. But you guys are here, so clearly you're not out shopping. I will not be participating. You're not? No? What about you, Lauren? Are you a Black Friday shopper? I have never been a Black Friday shopper. No, me neither. Me neither. In fact, I'm not a shopper much at all. But, uh, yeah, no, Black Friday is... Clothing shows it, Father. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I shop at Walmart if I have to shop at all. But, uh, no, every Black Friday, usually I I have a little sports day for some of the fathers and sons from Cardinal Kung. We get together and just play some football. And, um, Mm. yeah, so I'm going to be heading up to Ridgefield shortly. To go and have that little sports day should be a lot of fun. Should be good weather, God willing. Do you use I'm a public park or a too. playing field? Oh, we use a public park or, if, or a school if it's uh, if it's raining. Hmm. But um, but yeah, I think I think the Black Friday stuff is absolutely insane. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, because they start sometimes like whole like, like Thanksgiving night. They do indeed. You see uh, the videos at least, but I have seen it on the highway. I've never participated, but driving down 95, you know, you go by Walmart, when Stratford or so, and, and you can see on the highway all the parking lot filled, filled, filled up on Thursday, on Thanksgiving night if you're coming back from, say, seeing family in Eastern Connecticut, as I tend to do. Yeah. So it starts early. Which is amazing because today everybody shops online, right? I mean, what percentage of your shopping do you think you do online versus in person? Um... It depends. I guess what I'm buying. I, mm. I do both. Um, I'm you not like to try a, on the clothes. Well, yeah, but, but I have bought clothing online too now. Um, I typically don't have patience for shopping for clothing in the store. Mm. Like I just tire out immediately a lot of the time. What tires you out? The, the sales clerks or <laughs> just everything? I don't want to be in the store. I don't want to go through looking for things. Right. I like to buy things that are on sale, so that takes more time, right? Like finding something that's actually placed in the right spot, whether when they like, you know, organized by size. Um, yeah. So I, I often am, I don't have the energy for it often, but clothing generally, yes, in the store. I don't do it very often either. Yeah. This may sound totally priggish, mm-hmm. but, I, but it's for, for me, it's certainly true. I get like almost like physically nauseated just by being around so much, uh, so much like worldliness when you walk into a store. It's just everything is like, it's just so consumerist. And it just, to me, I don't know. And it, of course, never bothered me. But as I advanced in spiritual life, I was like, this is so shallow, hmm. just so empty. I don't know. When so, you say stored, though, do you mean any kind of store? Uh, when, when you say that, I'm picturing um, like an outlet store, a store at a mall. Yeah. Where stores come in all shapes and sizes. That's true. Yeah. I don't mean like, you know, grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that, yeah, not the grocery store. More like, more like, yeah, an outlet store, Target or. Target, sure. Walmart, Target makes me rage red. Or yeah, or like Macy's or something like that. It's just like everything is to draw you into spending money. That's it. It's the entire purpose. And I don't know. I feel it feels like vapid. You're on another level, Father. <laughs> Maybe, probably than most I've never people. understood how people can can appreciate that. So yeah, so so now that I mean Christmas is like a month away. Like, do you do you find most of your shopping to be Christmas shopping at this point? I haven't started. No, no, I, I'm very bad at shopping for people. Um, I find it difficult. You know, it's difficult to buy for people. 
Uh, maybe it depends on one's personality, how, how one feels about this, but I'm always worried it won't be a very good gift, which leads me to then delay the process until very late in the game, which only increases anxiety. Yeah. But I found that gift giving, like if you think about a wedding these days, I think there was once upon a time, my understanding is say, when my parents' generation was getting married, you know, there was no internet. So no, there was no registry. And so people simply brought something they thought would be a good gift, is my understanding, right? You didn't just mm. produce a registry as a wedding cup, wedded couple. And in general, the culture, there was more spontaneity, serendipity, uh, creative choice. But now gift giving is often kind of boring because people just send you a link. I want X. You hit the button and they get it. So yeah, I've been buying true. all people's registries recently for weddings. That's true. It's just kind of boring. It's like shopping isn't as interesting. And then though people are so particular today, uh, like with their food, with their clothing, with X Y Z, and you feel like you're never going to satisfy them. So, which I even find with Christmas gifts because yes. like I, you know, <laughs> I always ask my parents, well, "What do you want for Christmas?" And they're like, "Well." If I tell you, it's not going to be a surprise. Like, so surprise us. And I'm like, oh, man, you just made it 10 times harder. <laughs> I, just wanted, you know, I, want, I want to know what you want. But I hear you about, like, the pressure of feeling like you have to get the right gift. And Right, right. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's stressful. Yeah. I think there could be some input where there's still some choice, right? Like, I could ask for a serving tray, for instance. Mm. I could definitely use more. But I don't know what type they're going to get me. Are you what? telling us you Oval? want us to get you a Rectangle? serving tray? Yeah, that's like on my list. If I have an aunt that always asks, what can I get you? Last year I said bowls. Okay, I had no bowls. I was thinking they would become, you know, they would be glass, like three. But instead I got like six and they're silver, but they're also colored. Cool. There's some variety, you know, in what people can shop for and choose for you. But see, that drives me crazy as a recipient because I like to pick my own stuff. Uh. Like I've always felt very uncomfortable, especially when people give me clothes, because I'm like, well, that's nice, but that's not at all what I would have picked or worn. Or do you ever come around and wear it, or um, do you return it? Yeah, like I like a family gave me this really nice, um, nice sweatshirt that has it's from the company Spider, hmm. and has a, has a spider on it, and I am deathly afraid of spiders. Wow. And they it did not know that. Time. I'm deathly afraid of spiders. But they yeah. did not know that. Um, I, I don't know if they did. I mean, it's really nice. It's a nice sweatshirt. They didn't think of it. And so it took me a long time to get to the point where I'm like, I can wear this thing and not actually like look down and freak myself out because I think there's a giant spider on my chest. Wow. You know? That is a severe case of arachnophobia. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That scene from Lord of the Rings with the big spider, I had to close my eyes. Mm. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that scene either. That was, that was, oh, the truth. Goodness. I don't like the spider brand either. I think the same thing. Like, yeah. Why would you Ugh, put a spider creepy. on you? Yeah. I've never heard of the spider brand. It's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah, it looks like a spider. None of us are fans. Nope. Uh, do you? Uh, do either of you um, quickly re-gift uh, gifts, return gifts, or donate gifts? Any of the above? Yes. You just shame. You just uh, without remorse. Shameless. <laughs> I'm not actually saying it. Just without shameless. Without a com- sense of you know no compunction. All of the kids here at Cardinal Kung have eaten re-gifts. <laughs> People give me cookies and pies, and I bring it in. For perishables, that's a no-brainer. But uh, actual gifts that are, you know, not food. But oh, I've, no, I have a gift that too. Fast. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Sometimes the next day. Sometimes the next day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's been moments where that's worked out nicely. Like I got a kind of Lauren-themed girly package thing for my birthday with like a candle and chapstick. And I re-gifted that to someone else's birthday because it was, it was so nice. And I'm like, 
oh, this just solves my problem. And I bet I they were gifted it to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> the cycle continues. Actually, you know what happened? So it came with a chapstick, which was this excellent chapstick. So I took I took the chapstick out. I wanted to keep that. I go through them all the time. And I'm on like my fourth day in a row that I forgot chapstick. It is mm. brutal. But I took that out. I gave it, right? And um, the recipient was like, you didn't have to get me anything. But it was a 30th birthday and there was a big party. So... Then her mom liked it so much that she wanted to know where it came from. Oh, no. So I had a... Oh, shit. Awkward. <laughs> but I found it. I found something. I don't know what I had that said the website, but then I thought, if she looks this up, she may notice something is missing. Oh, <laughs> oh no. and it was like totally Lauren-themed, but I just pulled that part out somehow. I don't okay. know. But yeah, I did. Um, Ruff, I sweat Ruff. that one a little bit, but yeah. who knows? As the uh, old occurred. line goes, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. <laughs> yes, tangled webs just like spider. Just like spiders. Spider gear. That's right. <laughs> Which a web. Yeah, and, and part of it too is, you know, I, I try to live a very simple life and I feel like, you know, it's very easy to just accumulate things when people give you gifts and especially gifts that, that are not necessarily like needs, but wants. You know, and it's and you you I've I've gotten better trying to accept it as knowing that the receiver is doing it out of love, but still th- that's why I often regift is because I'm just like I can't I can't keep filling my house my my room with stuff and especially as a priest you move every five or seven years and the next time I move I'm gonna have a ton of stuff to either throw away or give away or you know or haul with me my next assignment. You know, um, what you just said reminded me of, a, of an anecdote about the about sort of the spirit in which you receive things. I was once in Rome outside of church talking with a couple uh, after Mass, and a, a homeless man came up, or beggar of some kind came up, and he wanted to give, it was something so sort of silly, like I think it was a notebook. He had these clean, unused notebooks, and he, of course, wanted money, but he was wanted to give something. And the, uh, the, the wife of this couple um, was willing to give him the money. Throw him a euro or two. But she said, I do not want the notebook. I do not want the notebook. She was very resistant. I'm not going to give the money if you give me the notebook. But he insisted on giving the notebook because to him- Because it's, it's more dignity. More dignity. Yeah. And so she eventually relented, but it was sort of bothering her almost on a level of pride uh, that 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 she would get this thing. Like, I don't want this thing. Like, it, mm. like This thing is, I don't need it. It's silly. Don't give it to me. I'm only giving you the money. Uh, she's a very nice person, but it just bothered her that she'd be getting this thing that to her was a piece of junk. But he, on the other hand, had that perspective, as you just said, that he had a sense of dignity when it was he was giving something and getting something in return. He wasn't just an object of charity. Well, I mean, our Lord said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Right. And so he wanted that, that blessing of, of the, yeah, the knowledge that he had something to contribute to society, something to contribute to the world. That's right. So, so back to shopping, because probably many people are listening to this in their cars as they're driving from uh, you know, one store to another. <laughs> you know, obviously, there's a difference between needs and wants. Right, and shopping for needs is completely legitimate. But when, what do you think shopping for wants is? You know, on the spiritual level, like you know, is it okay to buy yourself a third pair of shoes? Is it okay to buy yourself that thing that you just see and kind of impulse, like, oh, I'd really like to have that, and you kind of reach out and grab it? Is it is that good? Is that bad? Is it neutral? What do you think the line is? I think most people are probably overbuying and having more than what they need. It's just part of the culture, I think, right? Especially with online shopping, it makes things so easy. Um, I personally, I do not fall into that, I wouldn't think. Um, always just had kind of, this is what I need, right? Like one or two of this type of shoe. Mm-hmm. Like one winter jacket that I like that. But there are I women like with that. 80 pairs of shoes out there. 
Yeah. That I, I mean, I have a good amount of shoes, you know, of different types, but um, I'm not trying to say that I don't, but I don't know. I have three pairs of sneakers right now. That's a lot. That is a lot. But I bought two at the same time and they both fit. And so now I've had them for like at least two years. Yeah. So you'll, you'll you know, use them. A one pair wore out actually. And then my dad got me a pair for Christmas that I kept, you know, mm-hmm. and then I have like my actual running sneakers. Yeah. Right. But two is probably my max that I ever have that are like currently in use, you know, and I definitely let things wear out quite a bit, mm. you know, before I, you know. Yeah. And I think that's part of replace. Know, perhaps, I mean, Christ calls us to, to a certain simplicity. No, not, not the poverty of the Franciscans, but mm-hmm. as Christians, it's easy it's very. I think it's very hard to to live that poverty of spirit when you really are surrounded by all the things you wanted. I don't know. That's my perspective, but that, that's well said. Can I just ask Lauren a question? Those two or three pairs of sneakers mm-hmm. are you do you use them for exactly the same purpose, or are they actually different kinds of sneakers that serve different roles? Well, one is running gym. Mm-hmm. Two are Nike, more casual, can't run in them. They're not like made for that. And then three is, I guess, more of like a walking kind of shoe. I wouldn't run in it either. So like two are kind of the same, but different styles. I think you do have to factor that in because like if you're doing athletics, you might have a pair of shoes that you run in, a pair of mm-hmm. shoes you, you lift weights in, mm-hmm. and then neither of those is just the pair of sneakers you'd use taking a walk. Right. You know, and you use shoes for different reasons. They, they're built in different ways. It's not really three of the same thing. It's just like a generic category we call sneakers, but you're using each one for a different purpose. And so it seems like money well spent because it's also about, you know, protecting your foot. Yep. Um, so I think those things are actually real considerations. Otherwise, I mean, if you're going to do athletics, you have to take care of your body. It would be imprudent to do otherwise. Definitely. I agree in concept, but I think, you know, I mean, I think we can always take that to the extreme because we can always find a rationalization for everything that we purchase, you know? Right. I mean, I I could get every household kitchen gadget when a knife works perfectly fine. You know, it's like all the stuff you see on QVC, right? It chops, it dices, it slices, it does (laughs) a thousand different things, but wait, there's more, right? And you're like, oh, I need that. Do you really need that? No, I mean, like I can do just as much with a knife. It might take me five minutes longer, but you know, it's also going to save me seventy nine ninety nine. And how many dress shoes do you have currently, Father? Uh, I have three pairs of dress shoes. Have you replaced the ones that leak? <laughs> no, no, I have not. And that's <laughs> okay. So I get criticized this, for that, this one day we met in Norwalk to record, and it was raining terribly, and there was a ton of traffic. It was and not so raining when I left the house. Father Joseph was late, understandably, because he came the farthest, and then he got out of his car barefoot. And so, of course, Joe and I met him, and we're like, why is Father barefoot? I mean, Joe said it. I actually wasn't going to say anything. I was going to be like, <laughs> you were all right, it. he's barefoot, odd, but I'm not going to comment. But Joe did, and then he told us that his shoes leak water. Yeah, anytime. So it's better right. to so be barefoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or replace the shoes? One could do that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's just something that's uh, freeing about, about not having to worry about a lot of things. And part of it, too, I fully admit... I struggle with being a, a cheapskate. Yeah, that's you not know, good though. That definitely that's definitely a penny not, pincher. Yeah. No, but it also allows, it opens up the door to a lot of other things. What do you mean? You know, because for example, um, in the next couple of years, I have to buy a new car. Mm. You know, my car is 14, almost 14 years old and, you know, it's, it's doing all right, but it's kind of on its last legs. But because I've pinched my pennies for the last 14 years, I can pay cash. I don't have to you know, get a financing plan. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, you know, I've, I've, Shortchange myself on small things so that I can not have to worry about debt. Yeah, future. I agree with that. I, 
I've bought my car in cash too. You know, I, I save a lot, but. I mean, it boggles my mind. You know, during COVID, people were saying like 60, 80% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. That boggles my mind. And I know sometimes circumstances, you know, you have to do that, but, but the credit card debt that we all carry. Do we really need who all carries that debt? credit card debt? I mean, we I know really spend all the money we make every every week, every month. It's a major problem, I guess, for thousands of Americans. It is, yeah. Well, it currently, is. are I we guess living you above our means? It's a lot due to inflation, unfortunately. Partly now, yeah. That people exactly. have to pay for the essentials with their credit cards. Yeah, which is that's kind of terrifying. That is kind of think about interest racking up on that, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it is a common problem that people overspend. But I've never understood that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you do you make budgets? I'm just frugal in your in your life, or just have a make a mental budget, or like this month I can spend X amount of dollars on. Never. No, you just kind of never kind of wing it. Yeah, but I don't buy that much. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I like I buy things that are on sale typically all the time, especially in the grocery store. Or I shop at Trader Joe's. That's my favorite store now because I live near it, mm. and their prices are generally cheaper than the grocery store mm -hmm. and produce and things. So yeah, I don't eat out really like ever. I don't yeah, buy like either. takeout. I just make tuna fish or like something from the freezer if I'm mm -hmm. in a rush, unless I'm going out with a friend or right. something, right. Or you know, then I will, but yeah, I don't know. So, so people that, you know, often do struggle with kind of spending too much. Do you think there's this underlying spiritual struggle that they're going through is it you know is it maybe trying to fill a void is it just you know greed and materialism is it you know finding their security in things rather than finding their security in god like what's what could motivate that i think it could be all of those things um many people probably are living a shallow life right like lacking a real faith and relationship with christ so they're living for worldly you know status right yeah. Making money, having a lot of things, driving a nice car, dressing well, going out to dinner, spending a lot at dinner, right? That's all shallow. Like that, that cannot fulfill you. That's impossible. But people just continue to fill that void, right? I wonder too if there's like a keeping up with the Joneses, right? Yeah, Did you see that, that other guy get an Escalade? Well, I've got to get an Escalade just to show that I'm, I'm successful in my business and, you know, whatever that is. Definitely. I think I think certainly. Um, I don't know that the the Aristotelian in me um, wants to put the other other side here, just because we're making this point very well. But there is another side to it. There's those who wear, you know, what's the word, lumpy clothing, and it's actually just as much a vice as someone who's spending outside his means. You know, what do you mean by that? You know, someone who just simply has no appreciation of beauty or no appreciation of good quality, mm. um, and then he's quick to say, "Oh, you're just wearing nice clothing because you're shallow." But it might be, no, I'm wearing nice clothing because I appreciate good clothing, well-made clothing, good fabrics, good materials, handmade materials, or a store run by someone who can find me clothing that suits my body well and makes me look my best. Um, and, and so the, the, so a tendency not to have good things could well be not a consequence of prudence about money, but just an indifference to how we appear to others, an indifference to beauty, uh, an indifference to a sense of like what your role is. Hmm. Um, like. I, as a, you know, as a teacher at Cardinal Comey, right, the students all have to, like the boys, I'll think of the boys, they all have to wear a tie and a shirt and pants. So I consider one of my roles to model how to be a, an appropriately dressed man. doesn't mean that I have $1,000 suits, but I'm going to wear clean clothing. I'm going to replace the shirts when they get weathered, when they get stained, because I'm showing respect for them. 
I'm showing respect for the school. I'm showing respect for Latin and you know, the material that I teach through how I present myself. Hmm. And I don't think we should lose sight of that because that's traditionally why, you know, all Christians wore their Sunday best, right? Is that you bring your best to God. How you sort of exteriorly present yourself is a reflection of your interior life. So I just want to put forward, because you know, right, in Aristotle, right, you always want to seek sort of the middle between two extremes. Mm-hmm. So we can, on the one hand, and this is our tendency in our culture with a lot of things, is to spend way too much money, to spend outside of our means, and therefore perhaps live paycheck to paycheck. But I think a lot of Americans simultaneously are also going the opposite direction the other way. Like you look around and what percentage of Americans wear clothing that fits them? You know, our tendency <laughs> is to wear clothing that's a size or two too big. All that matters is our own comfort. Or sometimes ladies, size or two too small. Or size too small. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and I think that's a vice as well. It's just a different kind of vice. But sometimes, no, the appropriate thing is to spend money to present yourself in the appropriate way relative to your station in life. That's a really interesting perspective. I've never really thought about that or heard that perspective that, you know, appreciating the good things that God has created and the talents of others in, in making clothes and appliances and things could actually be, uh, you know, virtue. I think so. so. Where's, where's, the, where's the balance, right? Because, you know, I know Christ says, Christ really emphasizes poverty of spirit. Right. You know what I mean? But poverty of spirit doesn't necessarily mean poverty, poverty. Right. Right. So how can you be poor in spirit when you like and and delight in the the finest fashions and the, you know, the latest technology and gadgets and big screen TVs and uh yeah I, I think it's a difficult question I think it's m- more a spiritual question that then has sort of material consequences than something that begins with a consideration of the material huh. right because even something like this is a kind of a random example but I remember Pope Benedict when he was you know, I think it was, I forget now. It was before he was pope. I'm not sure what it was. Whether he was still a cardinal, what have you. But he drove a Mercedes, he but did. not because he was a priest. You know, who's living the high life. But Mercedes are super common in Germany, and you can get a Mercedes for a much lower price because they're just so common. You can get used ones. It's a nice car, but it doesn't mean he he spent a fortune on it. Mm. Um, so I think you have to consider those circumstances, but begin with um, the inner life. Same thing with money. You know, whatever much money we have, there's always someone with way more. So we look at that other person and say, oh, I can't believe he went out to eat at that restaurant. I would only eat at this lower level restaurant. How could he spend so much? But if that person's making a million dollars a year, a hundred dollars at dinner is actually proportionally maybe what for someone who makes, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year is ten dollars at dinner. Yeah. Right. And if you make fifty thousand dollars a year, suddenly it's five dollars. So I think you do have to consider those things in relative terms. So I think there's no absolute answer there. Instead, it has to begin with the interior life. Are you attached? Are is your life dictated by these things? Can you renounce them? Mm-hmm. Can you engage in a fast, a little fast, maybe at Advent, a fast at Lent? If you realize you cannot fast from those things, then those things are controlling you. Yeah. I think that's one way to test it. I would say in response, three things. Lauren's nodding your head. I think you, you agree with Daniel? Yes. <laughs> I would say three things in response. First mm. of all, you know, tithing is a requirement for Catholics. So, so 10%, point. Yeah, if you're not tithing, then you should not be spending any extra money on this or that. Mm. I think you're absolutely right about the, uh, the, your state in life because for a lay person to go to an expensive dinner is very different than for a priest to go to an expensive dinner. And even though I'm a diocesan priest and haven't taken a vow of poverty, I know tongues have wagged. You know, and there's there's an old joke that the priests know the finest restaurants in town. That's right. That's right. Because we are blessed. You know, I, I'm very blessed as a priest. There's very little that I have to pay for. I don't have to pay for my house. I don't have to pay for my food. Um, you know, my 
my car insurance, health insurance, car insurance is covered. Health insurance is covered. I just have to pay for my cell phone and, you know, incendiary, you know, in other stuff. Incidental. 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 Yes. Incendiary. Nothing incendiary. Oh. Burning. I think. Yes. Right. Yeah, Maybe you're a cigarette smoker. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, it's really like very small stuff. So we do have a lot of disposable income, much more so than somebody that has three or four kids. Right. So there's that element with like, well, I need to make sure that the scandal factor is not there, you know? So that's a very good point. But it does turn people off. It does. It does. Absolutely. And, and um, I don't know. You know, I, to me, though, you, know, you talk about not being attached to your goods. I just think it's very hard to not be attached when you have them and love them and cherish them. You know, if, if everything was burned up in a fire, would you be totally at peace and be like, okay, well, that's God's will? Or would you be like, no, my boat, my, you know, this, my that? And I guess I'm just not, I, I, I totally agree, but the only thing I would say is I'm not convinced that someone who has very little wouldn't prove just as attached in that moment. That's true. You have a small house, you have a few possessions, but it all gets burned. I don't know. You're necessarily going to react differently. But what comes to my mind in terms of what your attitude should be, uh, a friend of mine, uh, also named Daniel, they went by Danny, uh, he grew up in New Orleans. And of course, you know, the Hurricane Katrina hits when he's in school, mm. the family evacuates, they come back to their house, which is a wooden house, and it's just destroyed, right? Mm. The whole house be rebuilt. But once it's, they're safe to go back to the house and everything except what they took with them is destroyed forever. Um, and you know, every New Orleans family has like a little thing already ready to go, like a little package of the stuff that you're gonna take when you have to leave and you have no time to, to prepare anything. So like the key photographs, whatever, it's ready. His mother took that stuff and it's gone. Um, when they were able to go back, what did his father do? This was around Christmas time, right? They couldn't move back into the house, but they were kind of in the area, but they could at least go back to the house and see what's going on. He set up the nativity scene outside for Christmas, what he would have mm. done every single year. Wow. Right? Because that's what matters. God is still good, even though their home has been destroyed and they're gonna have to rebuild the home. But they did also rebuild the home, you know? Like they had the proper spirit uh, that what matters most uh, is Christ, and that doesn't change, and we are still love Him despite the suffering we've endured. But it's not like they said, "Okay, we'll just live in you know Motel Six the rest of our lives, or in a shack, or in a burnt out or a washed out house." You know, yeah. they, they rebuilt the house, and I've been to it since it was rebuilt, and it's a nice house, like really good woodwork because they care about those things. Um, they're hunters, they're fishermen, they love like natural materials, and it's beautifully made. Hmm. Um, but there's not necessarily a conflict between that. Um, like if you you know you cook. Good food doesn't mean that you're, you know, like there's something necessarily vicious about you. Like, oh, how could you dare make a well-made soup? You should have just eaten, opened up a can. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, I, I'm not sure that that's precisely what the Lord is calling us to. Sure. So I, I do think it begins interiorly and with a consideration of circumstances and with the ability to renounce after first tithing. Yeah. It's a key insight that you've added here that it, I don't get taught enough. I don't hear it enough from priests. Yeah, 10% of your... Income should go to the charity or to, you know, to the church itself. Definitely. But, and so, I, you know, I challenge our listeners that, you know, as you're shopping this Christmas season, how much are you giving to charity? I mean, we throw a few coins in that Salvation Army guy just, you know, standing outside the, the Walmart. But, but are you really giving? And not, not just for Christmas, like all throughout the year. You know, I, think, I, I just think, I really think that America's great sin is self-indulgence. Like we don't know how to fast, we don't know how to sacrifice, we don't know how to how to make any because because literally everything we want is at on Amazon mm-hmm. at our fingertips. I need I have two clicks and I get the entire world delivered to me for free in two days. In two days, if you're a Prime member, in two days. I'm yeah. not a Prime member. I'm, I'm not either. Yeah, well, our church is a Prime member, so I, I get oh, well. another perk of being a priest. <laughs> Amazon Prime. I can wait, you know, a week and a half. Yeah, I know, right? I'm not usually a urgent buyer. 
but but it's just remarkable that that I think that's that's something that we always have to be on the on the guard for, especially this time of year, which is so focused on the material aspect of Christmas that the interior journey, when Mary and Joseph had nothing, right? Yeah. They gave birth to Jesus in a borrowed stable. Keeps in perspective, I think. I, I'd like to commend you, Father, because uh, in a conversation outside of uh, this uh, these shows, you've spoken about tithing, and you you mentioned something that you've observed. I don't know if this is a general observation or about a particular church here in this neighborhood, but that Protestants have, generally speaking, a greater spirit of tithing, or at least many individual Protestant churches do. Yeah. So you have these churches with very small congregations that, nevertheless, the minister is able to get by. Yeah, it's, observed, it's, right? yeah, I observed it, right? The, the, the church right next to Cardinal Kung Academy is a Lutheran church. And uh, we had a student uh, here who, who used to belong to that church. And I, I asked her, you know, does your minister have a second job? I'm like, no. I was like, well, how do they support? There's literally like 100 people that come to that church. And like, yeah, we all just tithe. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Right? <laughs> it did amaze me. It did amaze me. Because, there, I mean, you could do so much good for the kingdom by our generosity, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, yeah, I'm you know, keeping, the, keeping the lights on at my parish. But no, you're actually helping the, the gospel to be preached because otherwise I got to get a job and I, <laughs> I won't be able to run our youth group and do funerals and visit the sick, right? Because if I have to work 40 hours a week, so it helps the kingdom. Why do you think people are reluctant to give as much as they should? Well, I think it's the lack of trust that God is actually going to provide. Trusting God or trusting the parish or the diocese? Um, a large part of trusting God. You know, right, uh, right before this, about an hour ago, I got a text from a dear friend of mine who's a parishioner um, at St. Jude's who said, you know, pray for me. Me and my wife just found out that we are pregnant with our third child. We don't know how we can afford it. And he's, you know, certainly going to keep the child, you know, it's in no way is he thinking about ending the life, but, but it's like, you know, he's, he's really worried, but I'm like, you know, just trust, trust God. And there's a Russian proverb that says, every baby is born with a loaf of bread under its arm. Hmm. In other words, God's going to provide you know, if we just surrender to him. So, and that's the, that's the truth we got to realize in this Black Friday. As much as we shop, that's not where our hope is going to be found. That's right. You know, definitely shop, without a doubt. You know, enjoy, as Daniel said, the good things. Enjoy giving gifts to others, but never forget that the true gift is, first of all, the spiritual gifts, right? Of praying for others, spending time with others, a smile, acts of service. But ultimately, that the gift is what God has given to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Restless. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in next time. Hey, everybody. This is producer Matt. If you liked this week's episode of Restless and want to help the show grow, please rate us, review us, and subscribe on your preferred platform. God bless.